to my dough straight. We greener than a mantis. Keep the semantics. So weapons get brandished. Trying to figure out my moves. Couldn't read me with a pamphlet. A rock star, no manson. They scream cheers, Ted Benson. Niggas know they can't fuck with me. I'm raw, but I'm fashion. Mm, bitches love my company. I'm a cut dick and handsome. Kidnap your girl's heart and make you pay a ransom. Bitches love my company. I'm a eclectic and handsome. Bitches love my company. I'm eclectic and good. XC's, XC's, what's good, bro? Welcome to the Time Bomb Podcast. Man, thank you. It's a pleasure to be welcomed on the show, man. Thank you again. Yeah, no doubt, bro. Um, so I discovered you um from your album this year, Exec Files, through your song Ego Death. Um, great name for an opening track of an album, by the way. Thank you, bro. Appreciate you. That yeah, no doubt. That, that video is special to me, man. It's near and dear to me. Yeah, no, I bet. Um, so first thing I want to ask you, bro, just let everybody know where you're from and what you're uh like, where you're from and how the music in your area is influenced you as a kid. Word. So, my name is X Ease, the Exorcist of the Beach. I'm repping Virginia Beach, Virginia. It's my home. I love my home beautiful place um our music scene is so cultured and has had so much influential inf like i'm talking about miles and miles and miles from state to state and from east coast to west coast man so like pharrell missy n-e-r-d timbaland magoo push the um, t come on man the clips like uh i would say n-e-r-d's album first album in search of and the clips First album, Lord Willing, really set the tone for me wanting to become an artist. True and true. Yeah, no, I, that's exactly why I asked you, because you are from a very, you know, well-known hip-hop and just music staple um, in the game, and they have a lot of influence and influenced thousands and thousands of artists. Um, so talk about you growing up in that area, right? Um, wh what were you hearing as a kid and... What were you listening to once, you know, you got to plug in your own aux cord? <laughs> so I listened to a lot of uh, Jay-Z, Nas, Wu-Tang, um, a lot of a lot of East Coast music, really. But my family was very diverse with music. We were listening to the West Coast Connection, Snoop Dogg. Like we didn't have a biased view on music. So, yeah. you know, when I finally started getting old enough to, you know, buy uh, CDs and albums and stuff, man. Like, I would say the first tape I ever bought was a DMX tape. It's Dark and Hell is Hot. It was one of my, it still is one of my favorite albums to this day. One of the um, best albums of all time. One of the best albums of all time. I gotta give it down. Hands up to Dog Man. Rest in peace, yeah, too. For sure. Um, and one, I had a very diverse sound of music, man. So once I finally got my opportunity to start plugging up the aux cord or CDs or whatnot, man, I was listening to a lot of things. I'd be listening to, you know, Linkin Park. I'd be listening to some 50 Cent. I'd be listening to, like I said, NERD really heavily with Pharrell, you know, because he was producing a lot of things at that time for a lot of artists. The Neptunes, hands down, one of the greatest duos of all time. So, you know, a lot of everything, bro, from from rock, metal, and rap. You know what I mean? A diverse plethora of music. Yeah, no, I think um, th that answer matches perfectly. Like, when I listen to your music, you can tell, like, 
you know, you're just not one style all the time. You have a lot of versatility, which I appreciate as a fan. And um, yeah, it's good to know where, where that comes from. And um, you know, some of your influences, um, how, how old were you when you first had the thought pop in your head that you wanted to make your own music? 10. When I was 10 years old, I wrote my first rap. It was whack too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, try. It was straight garbage, but I remember um that specific day, man, like, I don't know what spurred on to me. So I was like, man, I'm going to write my first rap. And I wrote it and I was writing it the whole day throughout school and like rewriting it and revising it and whatnot. And I remember... I, I tell this story often. Like I took the long way home on purpose that day just to read it. And I was like, damn, this sucks. And I ain't gonna lie to you, man. Um, yeah, like 10 years old. That's that's dope, bro. Um, and yeah, everyone's first thing of anything they do is fucking garbage. You know what I mean? <laughs> so it it's fun to actually look back and laugh at that, you know, see the progress you made up to this point where you know you're dropping like good actual good music. Um so you get that idea, you know, like when you're 10 years old, fucking around, writing raps, when did it become serious for you? Like when, and, and what was the process of, you know, getting serious? And then how old were you when you first dropped something publicly? Hmm, That's a good question. So I would say 15 is when I first started using LimeWire's program to record myself. It would be me and my baby brother, you know what I'm saying? And I love doing it. I love the process of recording. And I, my first project, uh, shit, 2019. I can't even lie to you, man. My math ain't mathing right now. <laughs> but I can tell you this. It was 2019. My first album that I dropped publicly was God is a Bully, which is still, yeah, still one of my favorite. Yeah, it's great. Album. One of my, thank you so much, which is one of my favorite. It's like my firstborn child, man. I got so much love for it. And <laughs> I had finally found my confidence. And even then, still creating my image and creating my versatility with the music. But 2019 was my first official drop album on all streaming platforms and services. And you can go find it again at God is a Bully Volume 1. I'm still working on Volume 2. Like, every month I work on it. It's going to be a symphony. Yeah, no, that that's great to know. And um, all your project albums are, you know, the, the names of them are dope, like, Obviously, the last one, X-Files, you know, just the files of your songs. But, you know, God is a Bully. And then you have I Don't Fucking Know Yet. You know what I mean? It's just like I love the way you label the albums because it's just like a statement every time. You know, I can be completely transparent when I say this. I've had visions of every single album I ever was going to make and knew the the title of them. You know what I mean? Some some weird connection to my uh, craft. So... God is a bully. Like every single album, let me just break it down to you. Every single album is telling a chapter of my life. So God is a bully volume one. You know, it was a lot of tough things in that particular era of time going on. So, and I felt a lot of emotions, you know what I'm saying? So that's just, that was my reflection at the time. My second album, Vacation, that's telling the story that basically was telling the whole, you know, story of what we were doing during the virus. Yeah. And, um, it was, Basically, I would say that was a coming of age album for me because I really started becoming more experimental and I officially identified as an alternative as opposed to just being a hip hop uh, you know, uh, artist. Uh, I don't fucking know yet. Even the album cover, I do all of my own album covers too, just to let you know. The only one I haven't ever did was God is a Bully, but for IDFK, 
that was a vision that I painted, an actual picture that I painted from waking up from a dream one night from a vision Fire. that I had. And, and when somebody asked me, I would ask people, excuse me, um, what do you think this looks like? And they would just always say, I don't know. Like, I don't fucking know. Like, so yeah. bought it in different degrees of force knowledge. And then X-Files, I would say that's one of my most experimental albums. And I just, like I said, it was all spaced out shit, man. Like I am, I'm an alien of sorts. So it was a yeah, reflection. I was, I, was, I was just about to say that um, for the X-Files, great album cover, trippy as hell. I loved it. And then, like, even when you go through, like, you know, some of the names of your songs, like Ego Death to start the album, like I said earlier, that's a strong statement for for a first song. I, I love that. And then, you know, the one song, Was That a UFO? Um, yeah, you seem like a trippy motherfucker. Talk, talk about that and talk about being open with it, too, because a lot of people hide that that part of themselves. Okay, yeah, of course, man. So, um, you know... I am a trippy guy of sorts. You know what I mean? I partake in the things that I partake on. Um, a lot of these songs titles have came from trips. You know what I mean? Anywhere from acid to mushrooms, you know what I mean? To Molly, I'm going to be completely honest and transparent. You know, um, it's not a clutch. It's recreational. You know what I'm saying? Um, it doesn't dictate my life and it's not something I do every day, but I take my trips, you know, on a, recreational level and on a spiritual level everything that i do you know what i mean has a meaning and regardless of other things too i mean shit everybody done popped the pill before so you know like god is a bully like that's like more of a pill popping version of myself x files is more of a mushrooms you know what i mean spaced out type version of myself you know idfk is a little bit of everything <laughs> um vacation is a little bit of everything because we didn't have nothing to do but do a lot of everything so, you know, and even in my uh, my greatest mind and sober mind, I've created some of my greatest hits. But when I take some certain trips, it unlocks certain sellers in my mind and I'm able to create these things. And as I said, I use it as an instrumental tool, man. And it, it allows me to express myself in a completely tr transparent way to let people know, you know, what I mean, I'm human, too. Like I, I, I kind of lean towards it in my music because I uh, like even in God is a Bully, like I got a song called Bean Demons. It wasn't big enough drugs. It was basically saying, I'm going through things. Yeah. This is what I'm using to get through the pain. It was just a connection to pain, you know what I'm saying? In that specific realm. But on my other albums, you know, and like I said, every, yeah, like, I mean, I've took my trips, man. I can't even sit here and lie to you. And I, I'd rather be a truthful person than an uh, untruthful person, man. Be transparent about this. We have a yeah, conversation. No, I yeah, no, I, I appreciate th that about you. And I think fans, you know, they want to know their the artists that they listen to personally. You know what I mean? And the Absolutely. more transparent an artist is, it makes you feel closer to the artist. Absolutely. Absolutely. Give them a certain level of yourself to let them know that you're still human. You know what I'm saying? That's what I feel when I when I put this message out. Yeah, no doubt. Um, So who would you say some of your influences are in your style of making music? I would say Zach Della Roche from Rage Against the Machine, Dogman X, um, Skateboard P, Kanye West, um, some of my rock influences too is it, it's like little elements of it, you know. What I mean, not to drown it out, but like uh, Lincoln Park, yeah, too. Rest in peace to Bennington, man. Real talk. Yeah, like um, so 
like a lot of influences, man. So I try to, I try to find my medium with all of those so that they're all at a perfect point and then express it. it even in the beats that I do, you know what I mean? It's a connection. Like I don't go on YouTube and get beats and stuff like that. I have people that specifically make beats for me, you know what I mean? That I have a close connections to. And it brings out more of my persona too. So I love that part about it. Yeah. Let's talk about that for a second. Um, I, I wanted to ask you that. That was the first thing that popped in my head. Um, when, you know, I started going through the things I was going to talk to you about, talk about your energy on the mic. Like, you know what I mean? You're, you're, you're energized. Like, you know how DM, like when you hear DMX, he, he's up, like he's ready. Like you, you have that in a little different way, but you could tell the energy's there in, in wherever you're recording. Um, how do you translate that into your music? It's emotions that I don't get to exuberate to the world. So I have to put it out in another way. You know, that's, I can't be, and I'm being real about this. I, I can't be my true real self to the world. I can only give them a piece of myself, but in my music, I give all of that. You know yeah. what I mean? So all these emotions that's bottled up, what you're getting is happiness, sadness, disappointments, um, failures, weakness, stagnation. You know what I mean? You get in joys, you get in fear, you're getting every single one of my emotions into that. And, you know, it's funny that you use that word. I was just having this conversation with somebody. A lot of people resonate that word energy to my music and my performances. I don't care if it's 20 people in there, you know, I don't care if it's 100 people or 350 people, it's the same energy that you're getting from my recording is a whole nother light with the performance. Yeah. So yeah, it is a lot of, it's a burst of energy. And I tell people this much too, man, I black out every one of my performances. I have to literally ask people to let me see film or to ask them how everything looked because I go into another uh, round. Yeah, no, that's awesome. Um, do you, with someone like you, like you know, such a transparent artist, so you know, blatantly honest. Even you know, if it doesn't make you look the best, it's it's honesty. You know what I mean? Um, how do you does music like? Is it like a form of therapy for you? Yeah, absolutely. It is. I can be completely transparent with that too. Um, I call the studio my confessional aka the dojo you know what i mean so yeah the it's dojo. a form of, i love that that's what you know what i mean that's what i call it and it is a form of therapy like i said it's a release it's a great release you know it's a positive release as opposed to going to doing so many other things so yes it is a form it is a big form of my mental wellness and is a big part of me being able to like i said that energy and those emotions are being put into the music so i'm able to get a release when i go to the studio i'm able to get a release when i'm able to perform in front of people and tell the story and paint the picture they hear the song but then i get to paint the picture too yeah i love i love 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 that you said that it's a positive release because i see a lot of you know media outlets or people don't who don't know shit about shit bashing music bashing artists Oh, look what they're talking about. Look what they're doing. But like they're doing this, they are making music, which a takes them for whatever time it is making the music takes them out of doing something else that could be negative. They Absolutely. are using it. Like you said, therapeutically, um, even to, you know, help their, their own life, help other people's lives, make money off of it. So I've never seen anybody's music or craft as a negative thing. 
Right. And I agree with you on that notion. It's just the actions that's being done and associated with music. But yeah. a, a musical note never made anybody pick up a gun. A musical yeah. note never made anybody hurt kids. A musical note never made anybody. Music brings joy. Yep. It doesn't matter what people are talking about in that realm. It could be about ass. It could be about drugs. It could be about this. But they're relating to something and it's making them feel good. Now, I ain't gonna lie, some music does spur the notion in people to make a motherfucker want to fight in the club. I ain't gonna yeah. lie to that either. You listen, you know what I mean, certain music, but I mean... You can't blame the music, though, because that's like me watching right. um, Scarface and then going to jail and blaming Scarface. You know what I mean? Like, it's, right. it's entertainment. Right, exactly. It's account First of all, it's got to be accountability. And second of all, it's a form of entertainment, yes, for a lot of these people, yes, a lot of this that I'm putting, for some people, completely 100% transparent, but yes, this is all of me into this, and certain parts are fabricated, and certain things are real. It's for you to decipher, or in between God and the people that did or didn't do something, but where does the accountability come in with people just taking responsibility for their own actions and exactly. their own thoughts? Exactly. No, you put that together perfectly at the end. Um, so I ask every artist this, every producer, um, no matter how famous they are or underground, um, who would be your three dream features from anybody, any kind of music, dead or alive? Dream features from anybody, dead or alive. So number one at the top of that list is going to be Michael Jackson. Number two. Yeah. Number two. Dead or, dead or alive that's that's interesting it would have to be the notorious big for sure number two think you're the first then, underground artist to say that which is shocking right number two and then number three a feature with Jimi hendrix oh just his guitar in your song would be crazy this guitar riffs and i will let him basically orchestrate all of the instruments and everything that's going on i just want to I probably wouldn't even rap on that. I would do. I would create something so different with those three artists, though. And I didn't. I'm not even gonna lie to you, bro. I would have to put beside with the slash, Michael Jackson, probably Prince too, bro. Because I would let him produce and orchestrate the whole session or whatever it would be with all three of those people. You know, what I mean, big. I probably would just smoke blunts with him and tell him I'm ready and go in there and lace my part with him. But like everybody else that I name, I would let them orchestrate the sound, the tempo, the everything. And I would just bring my lyrics and vocals and even ask them if they could throw some background vocals in there too. Yeah, the, so that's three great answers, bro. Michael Jackson and then, you know, Prince as number four, um, Notorious B.I.G. That's, that's one of the best lists that anyone's come up with up here, I think. <laughs> Thank you, brother. And, oh, and of course, Jimmy. I forgot Jimmy. How? Um, yeah, dude, that would be those are crazy people. Even to just be in the same room as them and watch them work would be, you know, a dream come true. Right. And in my in my mind, how I'm thinking about it, I'm thinking about it if I had those features now. Right now in this 2023 realm of music where it's so wide open with sounds and different people doing music, like, man, they would do something wicked. Like, I probably would let them produce the whole entire album of all the records. Like, man, just produce the albums for me. <laughs> yeah, no, no doubt, bro. Um, so obviously you're fully independent right now. Um, what do you think you need personally most? Like if you could name, if you could just like hone in on one thing, what do you, what do you think you need most to take your career to the next level? Mm. 
a strategic marketing plan and a strategic marketing plan stamped through, seen through, checked through, and then rolled out until success, not success came, but success for whatever the project or whatever we were doing. You know what I mean? Not as an artist and as well, um, let me see, um, patience. Patience, um, patience. The that's, a good, that's a good answer. The patience to be able to ride it through and see it and continuously doing this with results and without results. So honestly, patience, man, patience and persistence. Yeah, no, I, I love how you said patience, right? Because I think this age in social media, you when an artist, like you hear them and they get, you think they get big out of nowhere, you know, but that's not usually the case. Like, they grind for years they fail for years people you know they because on social media you only show the good shit you don't show every day where you're beat up right. at the end of the day or right. when you lay in bed and you're just like fuck dude like is this ever gonna work or right. like every day when you're like fuck like i should just quit this you know it's not gonna happen for me bro i couldn't make this up i was just i was just thinking this today about this whole conversation bro and i was like i was going to be completely transparent with people on this interview you know what i mean and i'm like, i'm not gonna lie to you bro i work a normal nine to five i come home yeah. and raise children and i raise a family i have a whole family bro like there's nothing guaranteed in life there's nothing stopping me from consistently chasing my dreams but things gotta still continuously flow and that's the humble part of it and that's the grind you know what i'm saying and to, to be able to tell people, man, it's times where I wake up and just want to say, fuck this. I don't want to do this shit no more because yeah. I'm not getting the results that I want. And then I have this humbling moment where I'm like, how do I not know I'm getting the success that I want? It's just not in the form of how I think it might look. Yeah. So perception can be a bitch. And your own perception, only we are our own greatest critics and enemy. So your perception to self manifests into something tags along with your insecurities and then you start imagining and thinking shit that's not even true and putting unnecessary pressure on yourself patience that that's such a great answer bro um and i i think um that's important for a lot of people to realize like not anything is overnight you know what i mean 95 percent of everything is not overnight and it, mm -hmm. and it takes the grind and the work and everything put together for you to get that night where you wake up the next day where it's all paid off. So I love how you said patience. Um, what, so for all your fans, right. Or anyone who's going to check this out and discover you what's coming next for you. What can we expect in the next few months? Mm, some videos I'm working on two albums right now at this oh. uh, simultaneously, you know what I'm saying? At the same time, I don't want to give too much. Away. I've been very hush hush because I don't want to give too much away because I want to really shock people with this next uh, project because I'm about to step into different. I'm just put it this way. I'm about to step into different territories. I love hip hop. I love rap, but it's like one of those things you, it's just really saturated right now, man. And I, I don't just love rap. I probably love rock more than I love rap. So okay. I, um, I'm working on two projects. Um, I got a lot of, if everybody comes through, I got a lot of good features. It's going to shock people. You know what I mean? I, I have a single out right now. Freaky little bit. Like I said, I'm stepping into different territory. So still I like that song. That's, it was a good song. Thanks, bro. Yeah, I no appreciate doubt. it. I appreciate that, man. Just stepping into different territories. But um, videos, um, as you see, I'm with my man Tom B right now. So more interviews. Um, I have an actual uh, performance tomorrow, too. In Chesapeake, that's a part of our Virginia. 
Yeah. It's called Rep the City. So I got a I got a um, little show tomorrow too, man. And a lot of works and a lot yeah. of content. Yeah, no, that's dope, bro. Um yeah, I like how like, you know, you seem like you you keep everything in, in a good perspective for yourself. And um you're right, you know, this hip hop thing is kind of saturated and a lot of you see a lot of big artists too, you know, going into other lanes, going alternative, because it's kinda of like there's no like boundary on the alternative thing right now, like like Ooh. how Trippy Trippy Red kind of did with his album. It's rock and rap and you know a bunch of other things. And, and I like when artists do that. You know what I mean? Because of course, like if I turn on Jay Z, I want to listen to Jay Z for who he is. You know, but like there's also other times where you're, you want to listen to other types of music and them do other things. And I think that's what makes an artist great too. You know, you don't want to just hear the same thing over and over and over. Right, right. No, no, uh, nothing good comes from repetition. You know, when it comes to artists, you get predictable and then people kind of, they're they going to rock with you just for the sense of your status, as opposed to what you're saying in the song. They're like, okay, this is a song by, I'm not even going to say any big name artists, but let's just say. Drake. I, I was going to say Drake, but I swear to God, I was going to say, say it. <laughs> Okay, cool. It's your show. I'll allow you to say it. So I'll Tom B. Tom B said Drake, and I'm saying Drake now too. Let's say Drake. I mean, to me, he's it come, off. It comes, it comes, it comes off desperate. You trying to tag on? I'm seeing you with TZ touchdown now. Like, come on, bro. Like, you gonna latch on to every new sound, every new? Th- it comes off desperate, bro. And a lot of things down that bro's doing, it just, uh, yeah. So people are gonna rock with your album, bro, because you're Drake. But then once the, I'm not gonna say it's gonna be a whack album for the dogs or nothing like that. But I'm saying here's a hypothetical scenario: they're gonna listen to it because on your status quo, and then they're not gonna be they're not gonna hear what they were expecting to hear, and they're gonna be like, "Oh, bro, did this," and they're gonna have that one or two or three song that they rock with on their playlist or whatever, and then on to the next one. Yeah, you broke it down to a T, bro. That that's exactly that's exactly how I view it. Um. So before we get out of here, bro, if, if you just want to let everybody know where they can find your music and just spell your artist name out, and then if there's anything else you want to say, bro, the microphone's yours. Cool. So once again, I am XE's The Exorcist of the Beach. You can find me on all streaming platforms and services. Um, My Instagram handle is E-X-C-S underscore E-E-Z-E underscore. And... um. Man, just coming out with some more good feel-good music, man. And my, I say this all the time, my uh, music is going to change the landscape one day. You know what I mean? Whether dead or alive or however, I'll leave my imprint. But um, And I'm going to say to the people out there, man, continue being bold, continue chasing yours, continue being persistent, continue being the reason. You know what I mean? And make a difference when it counts. And, you know, that's it, man. Peace and love and blessings to everybody. And to you, and thank you too, man. I, I will recommend my man Tom B because prompt business, you know what I mean? Painless works, great questions. So I would recommend his platform to anybody as well. I appreciate you, bro. Um, Yeah, I'll get this over to my team. Uh, They'll edit it. It'll come out next Friday. We'll start your promotion and get you on the playlist, bro. It's been an honor to have you on. If you need Thank anything you, at all, even after our promo and shit's done, you just need something posted, just reach out and we got you. I got you, man. I'll probably be reaching out once I get some projects or some things. Man, I might just reach out for some interviews, man. I mean, always. You're always welcome back on, bro. For sure, man. And just get some dialogues going, man, man. You're a good energy, man. I appreciate you. I appreciate your team. And 
Blessings to y'all, man. Appreciate you, bro. Stay safe out there, okay? Of course, brother. Peace. All right. Have a good night. You too.